and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 27. And I have one spooky story for you today. And today's story comes from Penny. It started maybe three years ago. I was in my bedroom and I needed to use the bathroom. But when I got up and walked to the doorway, the wind was knocked out of me. I couldn't breathe. My vision got clouded for a moment like I had walked through smoke. This was the first time I saw him. After that, I realised something was hanging around in the corner of my room near the window. Sometimes it would stand in the doorway, but I didn't walk through it again. It looked more like a person now. A man. It didn't scare me, and that wasn't a good thing. He hung around so much that I started to consider him a kind of guardian angel. I gave him the name Frank. I don't know why. I told my family about him, and they talked about him like he was a family member. They would ask if I had seen him lately. My mother told me she had a dream and she thought maybe he was an ancestor or a family member from another life. And my little sister, who I shared the room with, told me she thought she saw him too. They accepted him into the house just as I had. That is something I hate so much now. He did touch me once. I was sick and laying in my bed when I felt a hand on my hip. It wasn't alarming. It was very soft and almost comforting. And it would have been comforting if it had been an actual human. I dreamt about him too, but he didn't have a face in my dreams, just skin stretched over his skull, but he was still smiling, I could just tell. He was tall and had dark hair. And in one dream he was waiting for me in a garden, leaning against a brick wall. But I don't remember if he ever said anything to me, he just smiled. Over the next two years, I would see him out of the corner of my eye. Have a dream occasionally, nothing too exciting. Except for one night. This was a night closer to the end of him. I woke up in the middle of the night and he was standing in front of the window, right over my bed. A tall, black, void, shadow man. No features, just a shadow. I watched as he brought his hand under his jaw slowly and he pulled like he was taking off a mask. I couldn't watch, I was too scared. He was going to rip the shadow off his face and show me what was underneath and I wish I had watched because not knowing is now scarier to me. I wish I had watched. I'll never stop wondering about that. Things got worse after. He didn't feel right anymore. I didn't want him near me. That only brought him closer. It wasn't the house that was haunted. It was me. Everywhere I went, I felt like he would follow me and eventually it would all come to a dramatic end. I stopped sleeping after I graduated high school. I got so excited for the life ahead of me that I slipped into my first manic episode. That itself was terrifying enough but I had to deal with him on top of that. The night before my mom took me to the hospital, something snapped. I hated him. Something was very wrong and I didn't want to stop ignoring the problem. I was driving home on a Friday night after work on the phone with the boy I'd been talking to. I got out of my car at the bottom of my very steep driveway because I didn't feel like going up yet. I parked my car and turned it off. I was walking around on the wooded area below my driveway talking when I realised that my brake lights were still on and they weren't turning off. 
Something about the red glow in the growing dark set me off. I knew he was there and I was sick of him. I couldn't see him, but I had the strongest sense that he was looking at me. I went off on him, yelling and cursing. I was so upset. I went up the driveway and went inside. I told my mom that I really hated Frank now and I didn't think he was a safe thing. She thought I was being so abnormal between that and not sleeping. I would say that maybe the not sleeping had caused hallucinations, but something was actually wrong with my car. And I was sleeping just fine when I saw him over my bed months before. She took me to the hospital that night and I'll never forgive myself for letting that happen. It's been over a year and I still have PTSD from that place. It was terrifying to have him follow me in there and I couldn't say a damn word about him or they would keep me locked up longer. I got plenty of sleep and I would still see him cross the room. Eventually I felt this terrible weight on my back and I knew it was him. He wasn't leaving me alone. But there was a reverend in the hospital and I decided to see if he could help me. I whispered to him my predicament and he had me lay in my bed. He prayed over me with his hands on my feet and I felt so much better. After that, he told me to press my right thumb into my left palm and hold it if I felt like he was trying to come back. I've asked other religious people about this hand symbol and no one knows anything about it. I was worried he just thought I was crazy. But everyone I talked to in the hospital had to keep a chart. Nothing was really kept in confidence. I know this because I read my chart thoroughly and the other female pastor I talked to told them everything I said to her. The reverend didn't say shit. I really do think he believed me and he got rid of Frank. But there were other things in my house still to deal with. And it wasn't just me seeing them. All of these sightings happened before my going to the hospital. I know this because when I got out, no one talked about ghosts anymore. They basically denied Frank's existence. This made me feel horrible and like I was crazy. One morning I woke up to see my toddler brother peeking around to look at me from behind my sister's bedpost. It was really cute. Except my brother was 12 at the time that this happened. Definitely not a toddler anymore. It really did look like him though, but it happened so fast. My mother also saw a little boy with dark hair on our back deck a few days later. We live on 40 acres of wood in a log cabin and have no neighbours. It wasn't a child that could wander in. She said he was gone very fast though. But when I got out of the hospital I felt so vulnerable. I had become too open to the other world and I needed it to stop. My home had a dark energy now. But the PTSD was in full effect as well because I couldn't handle any noise. I would burst into tears and flinch if someone threw something in my general direction or raised their voice at me. My mom had my little sister move out of the room because the noise was such a problem. I had to sleep with the door locked and on the opposite side of my bed so if someone did get it open I would immediately know who it was. I still have to sleep like that and it's been over a year. Frank would also stand in the doorway so I could never sleep with an open door anywhere I go. But when my sister moved back into the room I saw a shadow in the shape of her sit up in bed out of her body in the middle of the night and turn to look at me. It was scary shit and I couldn't tell anyone. It was a rough summer. I was never home because I was so scared they would take me back to that hospital. One day I saw notes on the island in the kitchen with doctors names and random phone numbers. 
I copied them all down on separate pieces of paper and did some investigating in my room. Turns out my mom had picked out three hospitals to possibly take me to, and one of them had a three-month minimum stay. In January of this year, I found out from my aunt that my mom had a plan to trick me into going back to the hospital back in June, but my aunt had talked her out of it. Trust was shattered. Between June of 2021 and January of 2022, I was wandering all over the place. Several different states, always coming home late, I had to be anywhere but my house. I love my family dearly. I understand that they were just trying to do the best they could do to cope. It has gotten better here lately, and if I do see shadows or something else, I don't acknowledge it. It's not worth the trouble and it never will be. I've had other experiences, but nothing like Frank. One instance being a man breathing down my neck in an attic of my favourite antique shop, angry and aggressive, and it was just my luck to turn around to empty air. I searched the whole floor and nothing was up there. I had a terrible nightmare one night where I went upstairs to get a drink, but there was a young woman standing in the hallway. Her face stuck in a terrible scream, but only a rasping, horrible sound was coming out. That morning after I woke up, I was told my great-grandmother had died. Suffocation. And when I went to her funeral, they had a picture of what she looked like when she was young. And it was the woman from my nightmare. Another example is when I was in another antique shop, but more of a warehouse, honestly. When I saw a small shadow figure run across the hallway behind me. It happened right after my older sister picked up an object, and I told her that she might want to put it back. But after all that, I haven't had many experiences outside of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Just common things like shadow people poking their heads out of the rooms and darting across the halls. The last time I went, one of the guides got spooked when he saw something following us. I just thought to myself, wait, you're saying that that wasn't a real person? Bipolar 1 doesn't cause hallucinations. I take my medication and I don't have any problems. I'm pretty normal. I know what I saw was real, but it's scary to know that if I mention seeing things again to my family, it might mean I get locked up. I couldn't do that again. I keep a bag packed in my car just in case I have to make a run for it. Frank wreaked havoc on my life. I don't know exactly what shadow people are, but they are not guardian angels. They can trick you so easily. I won't ever trust something supernatural again. I won't let it get that close again. I've seen shadow people before when I was a kid. My mom said I used to talk about the shadow mans all the time. I don't have any other mental health issues besides bipolar and PTSD. And he was real to me. Maybe that's all that matters. This story is really difficult to talk about for a number of reasons. And obviously I'm trying to be like diplomatic and careful about what I say because I don't want to simultaneously delegitimize Penny's experience while also at the same time saying oh everything's about mental health it's only mental health and it was obviously hallucinations right so that's just I just want to get make that really clear that this is a tricky one to talk about and I would always recommend and I do always recommend if somebody if you're struggling and you're seeing something around your house or something's happening to you and you don't quite understand it, um, it is worthwhile talking to people about it because they might be able to contextualise it, they might be able to give you a logical explanation, it might just be good to have somebody to talk to about it. I'm glad that the reverend in the hospital was able to give you some peace 
and make you feel listened to and validated. And I'm just like, it must have been such a massive mindfuck for you and your family that you've all had this experience with Frank where your little sister was like, I saw him too. And your mom was like, I dreamed about him. Maybe he's an old family member. And they must have felt like after you were hospitalised that, oh my God, did we encourage this? Are we a part of this? Or was this whole situation with Frank real in terms of it was like an objective reality, you know? And these stories often start out like, oh, I didn't really mind him at first, you know, it was fine. He was just there. And then it kind of gets progressively worse. It becomes more sinister and starts to feel more threatening as time goes on. That story of the nightmare with the woman screaming and only a rasping sound coming out and then realising it was a young version of your great-grandmother, that was fucking terrifying. That visual is absolutely terrifying. Penny, I know it's been a while since you've wrote in this story, but I hope that you're feeling okay and that things with Frank have maybe calmed down. I hope you're not still seeing shadow people knocking around the place and feeling like you can't talk to anyone about it because that is hard old work. I've no experience of bipolar disorder, but I've experienced a PTSD and it's not easy, not easy at all. So I do hope that you are looking after yourself and feeling supported. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Penny for sending in your story. Remember, if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.